<laughs> hey now, it's Jay Scott Smith here, the host of JSC Radio, which you can now hear on Stitcher Radio. That's right, Stitcher is radio on demand. Now you can download the free app today and it's available on iOS, Android, as well as Nook and Kindle Fire. You can take JSC Radio anywhere. The app is free. You can listen anytime, anywhere. Now, if you're wondering what Stitcher is, Stitcher is an award-winning free app that lets you listen to all of your favorite shows, plus discover 40,000 news, entertainment, and sports shows, such as JSC Radio. You can create custom playlists. You can rate and review this show and others on Stitcher. Please drop a friendly review on the show. Not only is Stitcher available on all smartphones and tablets, it's also in over 4 million car dashboards. It's on demand and on the go. No downloading, no syncing, no wasted memory on any of your devices. You can stream your favorite podcasts, like JSC Radio, for free on Stitcher. You don't have the Stitcher app? Simple. Go to Stitcher.com today or check out the App Store on whichever device you use. Stitcher Radio. Be sure to check it out. This is JSC Radio. Can the receivers get far enough down the field? Rodgers in trouble. It's going to get there. He turned 32 yesterday. Does he have a vintage moment in him? In the end zone. It is caught for the win. Richard Rodgers. With a walk-off touchdown, a game-ender for the Packers. Total disbelief at Ford Field. The Packers saved by the face mask call, given one last chance. And Aaron Rodgers heaves it as far as he can. And Richard Rodgers boxing out in the end zone for the touchdown. <laughs> Check it out. This is JSC Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. Hey now. How the hell are you doing? My name is J. Scott Smith. Coming to you from the beautiful JSC Radio Studios in Philadelphia, this is episode 16, it's like a damn NFL season, of JSC Radio. I hope everyone's having a wonderful day, wonderful week, hope all is going well. This is the final episode of the month of August. Where the hell did the summer go? Yes, I know, I took six weeks off. Where the hell did the summer go, ladies and gentlemen? As we're getting ready to head into the home stretch of baseball and the beginning of both college and NFL football. Remember, show your love on iTunes. Give me a five-star rating and hit me up with a review because that's how this show is able to grow as well. Hit me up with a five-star rating. Give me a review. Let me know that you listen. The show is also available on Stitcher Radio, as you heard in the promo. It's available on SoundCloud. You can follow me on social media, on Twitter, at J. Scott Smith. I'm on Instagram, at J. Scott Smith. I'm on Snapchat. Take a good guess what that name is. It's at J. Scott Smith. What are we doing this week? Well, we're going football heavy as we head into the month of September with one subject that I've been planning on talking about for the last couple of weeks. That is, oy, as you heard in the open, the Detroit Lions. And the other... One that just kind of fell in our lap over the last few days. San Francisco 49er quarterback Colin Kaepernick decided he wanted to take 
a very important stand, and it pissed off a whole lot of people who love them some America. But first things first, man, you're messing with the worst. Let's go to what this show is about, the Detroit Lions. And, uh, yeah. What you heard there in the open is a synopsis, essentially, of what life as a Detroit Lions fan has been like. Now, not as if I haven't made that very clear in my time doing this show. I may be doing this show from Philadelphia, out here deep in the heart of Eagle country. I ain't an Eagles fan. I really don't give a damn about the Philadelphia Eagles. For better or worse, I'm married to the Detroit Lions, born and raised in the city of Detroit. Funny thing about my Lions love, quote unquote, is this will be the 25th season, the 25th full season of me following the Detroit Lions. That's right. Somehow I made it almost 11 years of my life not knowing the misery that is being Detroit Lions fan. Now to kind of back this up a little bit, by the way, my birthday is coming up next week. That should be enjoyable too. I was born 1979. First sport I was into was baseball. Baseball, then basketball. Baseball has has been and always will be my first and true sports love is baseball. I wear tiger hats all over the place. I've got an old English D tattoo on my shoulder. I am as big a Tiger fan as you could possibly imagine. I was not always a Lion fan. In fact, I wasn't even a football fan until I was about 10, almost 11 years old. So we're talking about the 1990, halfway through the 1990 season. Did I really kind of get into football? I was never a big football guy. I didn't understand it initially. It was really violent. It was really nasty. It was really mean. But every Sunday, my mother when she would get home from church, would either come home and turn on the radio, or in the event they were on the road or the random games that they actually sold out, would turn on the TV, and there they were. And again, I was more into baseball. I was That was my thing. And then later on, basketball. Because, you know, the Tigers and Pistons were very good to me the first 10 years of my life. Between 1984 with the Tigers winning a World Series, 1987 with them making the playoffs, and they should have gone to the World Series, and we won't get into the 1980s that the Detroit Pistons had, where all they did was win, 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 until it culminated with the bad boys in 1989 and 1990. So the Tigers and Pistons were good to me. I didn't need the Lions, and I didn't know much about them or understand them. It wasn't until I got older that I started to learn more about this godforsaken franchise. But the thing is, the guy that got me into watching the Lions, my mother educated me on the game. She got me to understand what football was about. And my thing was, I'm coming in not really knowing the history of this team, but I knew there was one guy that really appealed to me. He wore the number 20. He went to Oklahoma State University. His name was Barry Sanders. I came in in 1990, where the Lions went 6-10, and 10, the halcyon days of guys like Bob Galliano and Rodney Pete at quarterback. Oy, the fact that I even remember this. And Barry was the only reason that the Lions were even interesting to me. And again, I'm 10 years old, almost 11. I don't really have, I'm 11 years old, really. I don't have a lot of, I don't have a lot of an idea of what football is about. I just knew when you gave that ball to number 20, magic happened all the time, all day, at least twice on Sundays. That's how it worked. Even when the Lions didn't win, and they went 6-10 and 10 that season, so they didn't do a whole hell of a lot of winning. But even when the Lions didn't win, Barry was worth the price of admission. That year was the first year I went to the Thanksgiving Day football game. It was the Lions and the Denver Broncos. It was amazing. Yes, the John Elway Denver Broncos. I was hooked. The atmosphere at the Silverdome 
which was home to WrestleMania 3, amongst other things, was just electric. And this is for a team that wasn't really that good. Now, the following year, 1991, that year, the Lions, after getting their faces ripped off in the in the season opener, they go down to Washington and get beat 45 to nothing. It was just an absolute wipeout. The Lions come back home and beat the Miami Dolphins, beat Dan Marino, because at the time, I didn't know a whole lot about football, but I knew two players. I knew Joe Montana, and I knew Dan Marino. And I liked Dan Marino because he could throw that football. And when the Lions beat him, I was shocked. The Lions went on this run this particular year. After getting their faces blown off, as I mentioned, in Washington, they then turned around, won the next four games. By the time we get to the Thanksgiving Day game, they're neck and neck with the Chicago Bears, who pretty much were the preeminent team in that division at the time because there was no Brett Favre in Green Bay, and the Vikings were who the Vikings have largely always been. So it was the Bears and then the Lions. And on Thanksgiving Day, the two teams played. And again, we were in the Silverdome for this game, and it was unreal. It was unreal. I'd never been in a sporting event that loud. It would be seven, no, check that. It would be nine years before I would be at a sporting event where it was that loud. It was so loud you could feel the building physically shake. It was unbelievable. And the one play I will always remember, it's funny, it's 25 years later, I can still remember this. The Lions had a punter named Jim Arnold. Jim Arnold takes a snap, and this didn't happen a whole lot in the NFL. In fact, it still really doesn't. Jim Arnold goes back to punt, takes the snap, and fakes it, and ends up running it for about 25 yards. The building exploded. It was unbelievable. The Lions end up winning that game. They end up finishing the regular season with a 12-4 record. The Detroit Lions, 12-4. If that sounds a little outlandish, that's because it was the single greatest regular season in the franchise's history. Has not been matched since. Only once have they come close Strangely enough, it was that Lions team two years ago, which wasn't even a third as good as the 12-4 and team from 1991. That Lions team then goes on to make the playoffs, win the division, and won a playoff game. Won the playoff game. Let me stress this one more time. They won the playoff game. They beat the Dallas Cowboys. This is a young Cowboy team that has the likes of Emmitt Smith, Michael Irvin, Troy Aikman. I mean, they had some ballers on this team and the Lions blew their doors off it was one of the most amazing things I had ever seen and I still will never forget that after this game ended my mother is sitting at the kitchen table having watched the Lions for what I had only assumed was a few years struggle she's in tears there are tears in her eyes as she watches the Lions finish off this 38 to 6 beat down of the Dallas Cowboys I'm kind of uninitiated. I'm just barely 12 years old, and I'm looking at her like, Mama, what's going on? She was just stunned, and it shocked me because I hadn't even thought about this. That's the first time she says this to me. That's the first time they've won a playoff game since I was in high school. My mother was in high school in 1957. 1957. The Lions had not won a playoff game to that point since before the end, the legal end of Jim Crow. We were just on the other side of Brown versus Board of Education the last time the Detroit Lions had won a playoff game until that day in January of 1992. Think about that. Every NFL team stumbles into a playoff win at some point. The Lions, who had barely made the playoffs that often in that stretch. In fact, 
that 1991 team, that was only the third time they had made the playoffs since William Clay Ford bought the team. Ford bought the team in 1964. They made the playoffs in 1970, 1983, and 1991. 70 and 83, they lost. 90, 91, they actually won that game. Now, as of course it always would go for the Lions, they then go to D.C. again, the site of the massacre that opened the season, took a 10-7 lead in the NFC Championship game, and then got splattered all over the place like they did in week one. Barry Sanders and Brett Perriman and Herman Moore and Willie Green and Eric Kramer and Chris Spielman and Jerry Ball, all those Lions, the single greatest Lion team post-1950s, lost in the NFC Championship game. This year, the Lions are going to honor that team. Now, if that sounds a little silly, it's because it is. Because since then, the Lions... Now, the 90s were actually good to the Lions because that kind of coincided with Barry's prime. Barry Sanders was the main reason to watch the Lions. The Lions made the playoffs six times in the 1990s, won two division titles, but they never won another playoff game. And by 2001, in comes Matt Millen, and we all know how that ended. I went from being the optimistic... Lion fan because I was a kid because I was a kid and a teenager during the 1990s and watching them win eight nine and ten games in a season and go to the playoffs only to get their head torn off as soon as they got there I mean who can forget when they came out here to Philadelphia and got a shotgun shoved in their mouth they find a way to disappoint you all the time but as a teenager I wasn't jaded I'm thinking this happens of course they'll win another playoff game next year will be their year it's going to come together. Oh, the referees were against them. Oh, they just came up a little short, but 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 I love my Lions. The 2000s, that kind of gave way. And I can give you the exact point in time when I just knew the Lions basically didn't give a shit about their fans. And in turn, I slowly stopped really giving a shit about them. Oh, I'll watch. I'll find ways to watch. I'll find ways to listen. But the idealistic, the thought of, hey... They could do it. Don't, how can you criticize them? They're our team. Those are our boys. And now it's like, no, 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 dude, I get it. I get it now. 2005, the Lions had just come off of what was the end of their fifth 10-plus loss season under Matt Millen. In fact, every season under Matt Millen had 10 losses or more to that point. And in the midst of a angry fan revolt, I still remember this because I was working in Lansing at the time, working in Lansing, Michigan at the time, and I even remember pointing out that there was a bit of an issue here with the fan revolt. It was called the Millen Man March. It was led by WDFN, sports radio station in Detroit. I interned there for a little bit in 2004. They led this fan revolt, and it got nasty. It was the final home game against the Cincinnati Bengals. The Bengals were in the midst of their kind of revitalization season. They were on their way to the playoffs. The Lions were just being the Lions, and they were in the midst of yet another season of 10 losses. I think that year they lost 13 games. I can't remember, it was 12 or 13 games, because all those 10-loss seasons ran together after a while. And in the midst of this angry fan revolt, where you have fans wearing bags over their head, anti-Matt Millen signs, booing every chance they get, billboards going up outside of Ford Field, everything you could think of to let you know that the fans wanted him gone. Plus, you look at the one-loss record. Plus, you look at the questionable to flat-out terrible moves in the draft and the awful PR with former receiver Johnny Morton and Millen dropping a gay slur on him. Everything you can think of. 
points to that man being fired. He's had no success, and the Lions have shown no inclination they're getting any better. William Clay Ford comes out the following day after this awful seat at Ford Field and announces he's signing the man to an extension. I like him. And I like the direction this team is going in. Three years later, they went 0-16. And even in the midst of that 0-16 season, it took Ford's kids to intervene to fire Matt Millen. That was the exact point when the Lions had lost me. Not totally lost me, but the days of me buying Lions jerseys and Lions hats and Lions tickets. Nah, B, that, that ain't working. That ain't happening. I haven't been to a Lions regular season game in more than 10 years. And it ain't going to start anytime soon. Doesn't help. I'm in Philadelphia, but you know what I mean. So what about this year? Because, I mean, since they finally got rid of Millen, albeit in typical Lion fashion, when they got rid of Matt Millen, all they did was hire his stooge understudy, Martin Mayhew, to essentially do all the same stupid things that Matt Millen was doing, except, you know, blacker. The, the best draft pick Matt Millen made was Calvin Johnson, and it was a draft pick so obvious even he couldn't screw it up. Well, Calvin Johnson retired at the end of last season. Calvin Johnson, who was one of the last remaining members of that 0-16 team, by the way. Think about how bad you have to be to have a team go 0-16, and that team had Calvin Johnson. Young Calvin Johnson. Young, non-beaten-up Calvin Johnson on it. Think about that. Well, that Calvin Johnson's gone. And the Lions are two years removed from that flukish 11-5 season, which even I didn't believe that they were as good as that record. But hell, they won 11 games somehow. The Lions, they of the two winning seasons since the turn of the century. The Lions, they of the two playoff appearances since the turn of the century. The Detroit Lions, who when most franchises hang banners for winning division titles, conference titles, Super Bowls. The Lions hang banners for playoff appearances. You think I'm lying. Google Detroit Lions playoff banner. And you will see a picture of a lonely-ass Detroit Lion, and it says Playoffs 2011. That's not a fan-made banner. That's not Photoshopped. That some bitch is actually hanging in Ford Field right now. I'm out here in Philadelphia, and I got to listen to Eagle fans piss and moan and complain about Andy Reid getting them to conference title games and losing. I got to sit here and listen to them piss and moan and complain about the Eagles never having won a Super Bowl. Check this out. Do you know the unsavory things I would do to somebody if the Detroit Lions had the Philadelphia Eagles kind of luck? Eagle fans are complaining about Andy Reid getting them to conference title games and not winning. I've seen the Lions in one conference title game and they got their head knocked off their shoulders. They ain't been close to one since. There have only been maybe two instances where they were even within earshot of winning a playoff game in the last 25 years. And I'm really not feeling like bringing up the one in Dallas because it might make me punch somebody. So what do I have to say about the Lions now? Am I overly optimistic and excited? No. Their head coach is a jackass and a moron and a buffoon. In the open of this entire show, you heard Aaron Rodgers hit that Hail Mary for the ages last year. The thing that bothered me, and the thing I will close this segment out with, is that Jim Caldwell, the head coach of the Detroit Lions, the guy who maybe was the most unworthy of ever getting a team to a Super Bowl in Indianapolis, he was literally handed a Super Bowl-caliber team by Tony Dungy, who just couldn't coach anymore. He gave it to Jim Caldwell. All Caldwell had to do was sit there with that dopey-ass look on his face and let the Colts do the rest of the work. And they damn near did it. 
If not for an onside kick and a Peyton Manning interception, Jim Caldwell would have been the least deserving Super Bowl winning coach in NFL history. When left to his own devices without Peyton Manning, he's done nothing. But yet he has the nerve to be smug and obnoxious and condescending and arrogant to people in Detroit. Especially toward fans and reporters, which really makes no sense. But that's the Lions' M.O. And I've really noticed it in the last five, six years. They have this really bad habit of being smug and rude and condescending and dismissive toward reporters and toward fans who want them to do more. So any team that's led by Jim Caldwell, just using that one play, that Hail Mary that I just referenced, everybody in the building, everybody across the country, because that was a nationally televised game, everybody knew that Aaron Rodgers, given 15 extra yards, yes, it wasn't a face mask, it was bullshit, but again, that's the kind of karma the Lions carry around. You give him 15 extra yards. This is a guy who's capable of flat-footed throwing a ball at least 65 yards. You gave him 15 extra, untimed down. Only Jim Caldwell seemed to think that the Packers were not going to throw a Hail Mary, but they were going to once again attempt to hook and lateral the damn thing up the field like Cal Stanford. The only guy on the planet who actually didn't think Aaron Rodgers, oh my God, I get choked up, could throw a damn football 60 plus yards. The sumbitch stood there and threw the ball 70 yards, flat-footed. He got one block from one of his linemen, stepped out to his right, and unloaded a nuclear bomb into the end zone. And the Lions were just being as smug and obnoxious as ever until Aaron Rodgers hit a pass for the ages to Richard Rodgers, no relation, standing untouched two feet inside the goal line for the touchdown. That's what a Detroit Lion fan's life is like. The Lions are probably going to go 5-11, and 11, maybe 6-10. and 10. Shit, maybe 4-12. and 12. I've already got my reservations about the sport of football. Hell, I played it for two years. I got my reservations about the sport of football. I'd never let my son play it whenever I happen to have one. He ain't playing football. He's going to play baseball. He's going to play basketball if he wants to play a sport. And I know that at some point in my life, the law of averages says the Detroit Lions will win another playoff game. It ain't going to be this season, but they'll win another playoff game. They might get to a Super Bowl. They might win the damn thing. But if it ever happens, that's the day I cash out. I'm hanging on till they win. I'm hanging in as long as I can until they win. But after that, peace. I'm done. But at least while I've been suffering with these damn Lions, I'm always gonna have my Spartans. Well, he has trouble with the snap, and the ball is free! It's picked up by Michigan State's Jalen Watts-Jackson, and he scores on the last play of the game! Unbelievable! That'll do it for episode 16 of JSC Radio, but be on the lookout because coming up a little bit later on today or tomorrow, whenever I feel like dropping it, I will have my opinion on Colin Kaepernick deciding that he's going to sit for the National Anthem. And you might be a little surprised to find out that I'm really digging why he's doing this. My name is Jay Scott Smith, telling you to take care of yourself. God bless. Always dare to be different. Always have your pets spayed or neutered. And we are out of here. I'll see you for episode 16 and a hook coming up a little bit later on. This is JSC Radio. Thanks for coming out. God bless you. Good night. Check it out. This is JSC Radio.